0: And welcome to another edition of the Beer Beervana Podcast, Jeff. Hey Patrick, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I was just uh, had to get the, the podcast hat on. I, I noticed that you threw your Boston Red Sox, Red Sox hat on there at the end. How about Big Poppy? Huh? You're, you're now ready to go. All right. Uh, with me, of course, as always, is Jeff Allworth, author of the Beer Bible from uh, Workman Publishing. And Cider Made Simple from Chronicle Books. You can order them at Powell's.com. You can find him blogging at Beervana, at the All About Beer Magazine, and writing for All About Beer Magazine. And you are Patrick Emerson. You are
1: a professor of economics at uh, Oregon State University mm-hmm. and a research fellow at uh, two fine institutions places. of higher <laughs> research or something. Neither of which I visited in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should go back. You should... Uh, Travel's good. Uh, it's good for the soul.
0: Yeah. There's a tentative plan to go down to Brazil this summer, well, our summer, their winter. Uh, yeah. um, although I just saw that the Sao Paulo weather right now is crummy. It's cold and wet. But you um, can you can buy like
1: a car down there for almost free right Well, right that's, now, right?
0: that's actually a big big reason why I'd like to go down. It's just <laughs> to experience the novelty of uh, things being really cheap because when I spent my year on sabbatical down there, uh, it was at the height of the Brazilian economic boom and i couldn't buy anything i felt like a pauper down there yeah i remember I
1: could... you complaining about how expensive the beer
0: was oh everything was so expensive <laughs> and now so that and then you could buy um 1.5 hayes per dollar and now you can get around four per dollar right nice. so the the purchasing power of the dollar has gone up by more than double <laughs> so i want to go down and just spend 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 <laughs> uh but 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 that was always the the story i used to tell which is that when i first started going to brazil before the boom uh, you'd fly down um, uh, to Brazil and coming back you'd, there'd be all kinds of American tourists um, with bags stuffed with stuff they bought right. in Brazil. And then uh, uh, in a few years ago, in the midst of the Brazilian boom, it was the other way around, You'd, you'd all the flights from the United States would be uh, packed with Brazilian tourists stuffed with stuff they had bought in the United States, cheap in the United States. And one of the problems is the import uh, tariffs in Brazil are really, really high, so that's one reason why import beers are expensive. Very expensive
1: down there. Well, there you go. Um, and just to conclude, you also blog at Beeronomics and tweet at Beeronomics. And that is us. And probably the listener has listened to that so many times. Yeah. She, I'm going to be optimistic, but she But the thousands tired.
0: of new listeners we gain each time we put out a pod <laughs> might not know. So you have to... You have to just welcome them. So welcome, well, welcome. new lizards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's help. actually been a little while since our last pod. Uh, we took a we took one cycle off. We try to do this every two weeks. Um, we needed a little break um, after our one year anniversary pod. So um, now we're back um, today. What we've decided to do. It's the beginning of the summer season in Portland. In fact, we were introduced almost rudely to summer in Portland these past few days, which have been unbelievably hot.
1: Way hotter than Oregonians are prepared to handle yes yeah,
0: you made a good i think it was on your blog you made a good uh analogy that oregonians are like salamanders we need wet and damp yeah we need damp <laughs> and cool uh environment habitats to to survive and get being drawn out of us and we had a weekend that was um in triple digits so Very we're not cool. used to that up here Uh, But it did get me thinking about uh, the tourist season in Portland, which is becoming a pretty big thing. It's pretty noticeable now when the tourists start coming in. And one of the big draws for tourists in in Portland is the beer scene. That's right. Uh, People are now coming to Portland just for beer yeah it's really a destination spot the oregon brewers festival which is the big uh, festival that happens at the end of um, july is coming up people come into town for that uh, which is definitely worth um, doing but people also just come to town because uh, portland is nice the area is nice and there's lots of good beer so if you're looking for a nice place to hang out and taste some good beer uh, you should come here uh, among other places and uh, we get regular inquiries about uh, where uh, we recommend people go and we mentioned things we try not to be too local, although this is a craft beer pod so it's impossible for us not to be uh, too uh, uh, general. Uh, but today we're gonna we're gonna be hyper local. We're going to talk about uh, what there is to see and do in the craft beer scene in, in Portland, give you our recommendations about places to go for the beer, for the history, for the ambience, uh, and so on. Uh, Jeff, by the way, is even an official, I don't know what you are, a beer ambassador to Travel Oregon, the, the Oregon Tourism Board, Yes, they have ambassadors in
1: different capacities. There was a wine ambassador and uh, like a, a hiking ambassador. Uh,
0: wait, a minute, are you the beer ambassador? I'm the beer ambassador. Uh, okay, you, so look, we have the man. You may call today. me your excellency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's other things I call you. Uh, <laughs> some under and, my breath. <laughs> and have. Uh, okay, uh, so that's that's the plan for uh, for the uh, the pod today. Um, this is your summer beer guide to uh, Portland. Oregon. But before we get to that, uh, of course, we have to do our news segment.
1: Yep, next on the news. Um, I'll do this first one then? Uh, you do the first one, how okay. about Okay. Well, uh, the BrewBound website uh, announced uh, some interesting findings, pulled together different data points uh, this past week. Um, which are kind of interesting uh it turns out that craft beer volume uh is at, at, it grew 6.5% in the first i think quarter uh pos- yeah that would be the first quarter of the year which sounds like a lot but it's down from uh high double di- or not high double digits but like 17% or something quite mm. a, quite a bit uh higher than that
0: so still growing but reasonably, reasonably well down. but slowing down considerably yeah
1: yeah and the interesting thing is um uh, Blue Moon and Shock Top are down four and nine percent. Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale, Boston Lager, New Belgium, Fat uh, Tire—all are were down five point nine, thirteen point eight, and five percent. Uh, so w- what we're seeing is the the kind of in, the the segment leaders, the big brands, yeah. are actually falling in sales uh, year to year, and that's that got like the first time that's happened in a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think what you're sort of starting to see is this internecine uh rivalry warfare that's uh what i expect to sort of start to define craft beer which is um you have the older bigger players and now these young upstarts are starting to grab market share and and the buzz and the uh the, the excitement is around these these newcomers these smaller newcomers uh uh remarkably i mean look at boston lager 13.8 percent is down and that's been a trend for a while correct yeah uh i think yeah i I'm not sure where Boston Lager's been, but it's—they've mm-hmm. been
1: definitely struggling since they hit the two million barrel point, right? Um, the, and the fascinating thing is, this is all this news comes out just at the moment that all this consolidation is happening, right? And you have a bunch of players trying to get in there to be national brands, and we see the national brands suffering. So yeah,
0: so care for what you wish for, I yeah. guess. Uh, well, that's so that's interesting dynamic with beer, as I've mentioned countless times. But I'll go one more time, which is that there is such a strong, uh, there's such. A, What we call large economies of scale your average costs go down so much as you get bigger and bigger that there's just a natural um uh, drive uh sort of almost an irresistible uh, need to grow and grow and grow if you're if you're um trying to continue to um to remain profitable and the counter uh force there is this 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 sort of um local and um buzzworthy craft beer scene that that really rewards sort of new players and 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 is always looking for something new and different. Uh so yeah, it's a tough it's a tough um a tough market, I guess. One one thing you see when
1: when you have these kinds of sales figures is is uh people will often get into price wars, especially when you talked about uh economies of scale. Would uh-huh. you expect us to see start seeing um at least a two-tier craft beer Market where where uh, you know like Boston Lager and and Fat Tire are a little cheaper than other brands, or is mm-hmm. that one way people would respond?
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's inevitable or almost natural. I mean, they can their costs are going to be lower per ounce anyway, mm-hmm. um, and so the one way that they can compete is on price now. If they can't compete on buzz anymore uh, or on novelty, um, and uh, in a sense, that's a good thing for them. It's the it's the older brewery that hasn't expanded and hasn't got its average cost down mm. that could be in trouble. So that's why I was saying there's such a strong um, uh, almost mandate to grow mm-hmm. uh, because uh, if you can't compete on being the newest latest, then you've got to compete on price. So I do expect, yeah, I think the, I think that's exactly what you'll see. And I do I think you already see it. at least I I experience it locally. Uh, the bigger breweries you can generally buy for lower price per ounce um you know and here it's like the widmers and the deschutes and the sierra nevadas and mm-hmm. uh, you can generally find those at a lower price point i think than the smaller more local craft beer um so yeah i think that's kind of kind of how it's going interesting
1: stuff all right well, you you've got a point you've got a <clears> well actually this is
0: here. this is uh this this ties right in this was i just happened to notice and i think probably uh, many of our listeners might have seen this Um, op-ed piece that was in the New York Times uh, on June 2nd, which is, what, last Friday, maybe? Um, uh, By Bob Pease. Um, Bob Pease is uh, the um, president and chief executive of the Brewers Association, the craft, what we'd call the craft beer industry group. Um, And he wrote uh, a piece uh, basically stating concern about the uh, the Anheuser-Busch... Um, uh, merger with S.A.B. Miller and was ex- expressing concern that this could be uh, troubling for the craft beer industry. It could be bad for the craft beer industry. And he really focused on the distribution channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about this before, so really don't have much new to say. It's just that, uh, once again, I'll reiterate the fact that I remain less concerned. And I use, um, maybe it's a small sample bias, but I use our local example as a um, as a data point to suggest that if there is a thriving craft beer scene, uh, a a competitive distribution scene uh, goes along with it. So we have a number of independent distributors around here who distribute craft beer. Um, it's always going to be a fight, and having these sort of um, laws that require distribution by third-party distributors is, um, uh, makes it an interesting market, but. Uh, I don't really actually see much trouble. I I think this is a defensive move, not an offensive move. And, mm-hmm. um, they're trying to figure out how to survive in this new world. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's, it's going to be that bad for craft brewers. I also trust um, the, the good economists <laughs> at, at the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission, uh, who uh, I think do a pretty good job analyzing these mergers and thinking about the areas in which uh, there might be some... Uh, competitive concerns and distribution is probably one Uh, and they they have they have meddled with distribution channels in the past and Mm. it could be something they do in in the future
1: yeah it would be nice to see uh, them eliminate the the capacity of breweries to own their own distributorships i think that's a real a real problem so maybe that's something they can look at
0: yeah yeah uh anyway so that that was that was what i noticed in the in the beer news this week cool well uh
1: we'll keep watching the news
0: all right, so let's turn now to our uh, main topic, which is uh, Jeff and Patrick's <laughs> beer tour of, of Portland. Um, what what we uh, what we've gone for is I don't know what a curated list here. Um, uh, this is by no means comprehensive, and um, uh, by no means. Uh, we are sort of striking down by omission. These are just the ones that stand out to us, the the, the, the places that that we enjoy, that we think that vis- visitors would enjoy, and that also represent a good cross section of of the beer scene in in, in Portland. So um, we split this up in some categories. We have what we consider the best places for beer, uh, places that are just quintessential Portland. Uh, we'll explain when we get, when we get there. Um, those that are sort of historic. Um, the uh, uh, some places that are that are opening up soon um, places that are just good beer bars uh, have a few recommendations for road trips around the portland area um, some places with good ambience and good food so those are the the categories that we 've selected uh to talk about so um why don 't we start with with good beer and 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 tell me what uh you would suggest if Uh, I was a new visitor to Portland, and I wanted to taste the best of Portland beer.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, when I get emails uh, and and stuff through the ambassador deal through Travel Oregon, uh, people always want to know what the best beer is. Mm. Um,
0: Yeah. In the
1: travel Oregon thing, they might be headed another place, Bend or something. And that's like a whole that would be interesting too, which are the best breweries of the, the many breweries. Yeah, by the way. way,
0: we're not covered. We talked about how far afield we should get, and, and we're not getting as far afield as Bend. Right. Um, that's a little bit far for a day trip from Portland. We'll talk about some day trips you can do. Yeah, this is for Portland.
1: um So that's what people care about. And mm-hmm. uh, when I answer the question back, my first. I, I have a question back, which is what kind of beer do you like? Right. Because there's all, all different kinds of beer out there. So we
0: put and, together. And breweries that specialize in, in different types of beer.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. Um, we've put together a list that includes
1: uh, breweries that make different kinds of beer. Uh, and then also just breweries that we think are, are, are the, the best. They're making the best beer in, in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, a I have arranged these on the page in alphabetical order and we, we can, why don't we just trot through the names and we'll come back and, and uh, talk about them. So get out your pens and paper. These are the beers. These are the breweries you want to go to if you're coming to Portland for the for our best beer.
0: All right, go ambassador.
1: All right, Breakside Brewing, uh, Cascade, The Commons, Culmination, Deschutes, Gigantic, uh, and Upright. And then there's actually uh, a German vein here, which we'll touch on too. Um, so that's seven plus plus. We're going to come back to the other one. Okay. Uh, I would say, in terms of the very best beer that we have uh, right now, I don't think there's a lot of dispute that Breakside Brewing is probably kind of the premier brewery in in Portland right now. Yeah, you and I certainly agree on this. I talk to a lot of people, and everybody, I think, is really uh, recognizes just how how much they're really rocking it right now, and and, um, they're a relatively young brewery uh, founded in a remote district in North Portland, Northeast Mm -hmm. Portland. Um, had a young brewer named Ben Edmonds, we've talked to about a lot. Um, has been on the pod, in fact. Has been on the pod. Um, and they make uh, uh, quite a wide range of beer, but I think they're more now known for their IPAs. They've got three regular IPAs in their rotation. Uh, I was just out there over the weekend, and they had another... IPA called Rainbows and Unicorns, mm-hmm. which I wrote about on the blog, which is a spectacular it's not really even an IPA. Thirty IBUs and five point one percent, but it's just pure America in a in a glass.
0: Yeah, and they have other bona fides too, which is their 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 standard IPA won the gold medal at the G A B F uh two years ago I think and mm-hmm. then last year their session IPA also won gold or silver or something. Right. Uh so um they they're not just recognized locally. But what I would say about them is uh, and what I value is not just uh, one great beer, but just consistently great beers. Um, and they definitely uh, do that. I, I I can't remember a time I've had a bad breakside beer or one that I kind of said meh. Yeah, and almost always. They're really interesting, exceptionally
1: well-made beers. That's right. Um, the brewery is located. They have two locations: one in the far north and one mm-hmm. in the far south. The far south, one in the far south, is actually in the southern suburb of. Uh, milwaukee that's milwaukee i e yes uh and that's just a production plant, although they do have a tasting room that you can go to in the evening uh, uh, more more
0: like a tasting corner in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
1: it's uh it's definitely an industrial an, an kind industrial of place. little
0: park yeah yeah uh, that's it, not not going to be featured in our place with ambience but uh the the North Deacum brew pub, the original location is quite a lovely little place
1: it is you you're it's not downtown you're gonna have to get in a car or uh, get a, a cab Uber. or Uber out yeah. there. Um, but it's really worth it. I think if you come to Portland and you don't go to Ber- uh, Brakeside, you've, you've probably missed the boat. That's, yeah. that's one you got to go to. Yeah,
0: and we'll feature it again in its ambiance as well. Yeah. Uh, next,
1: Cascade. Yeah, so this one is, I, I think this one is not a universal. This one is, they make sours. Yeah. So they do, Ron Gansberg makes these kinds of weird sour beers, which we'll describe in a minute. But if you don't like sours, definitely don't go to... Uh, the Cascade Barrel House. Right. Um, it's it's centrally located, so it's easy to get to. It's just across one of the bridges downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on how you like to walk, you could even walk to it if you're staying downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ron Ron Gansberg makes these crazy, mm-hmm. very alcoholic, very tart uh, beers uh, made with lactobacillus. So it has uh, uh, really the, the kind of pure uh, tart note. Mm-hmm. There's not he doesn't use Brettanomyces uh, or other uh, wild cultures. So the beers he makes are often fruited. Um, they're all barrel-aged. Some are ba- aged in wine barrels. Some are aged in bourbon barrels. Um, but they're boozy. They're super tart. They're fruity. They're really intense. They're they're very, very intense flavors. And, and the people who love them, love them like crazy. And the people yeah. who don't feel like their faces are melting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I would say is they're always, in my experience, always extremely interesting. Some are just... Uh, some of the best beers you've ever tasted, and some are sort of experiments that maybe don't quite hit all of the, the marks, at least for me, um, but uh, I never regret trying any of them because they're always interesting.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting place. Um, so. And it's,
0: it's on southeast Belmont between 9th and 10th, uh, just across the Morrison Bridge from downtown, if that's where you decide to uh, to camp out. Right. Okay, also local, uh, local to Cascade, nearby Cascade, is the Commons Brewery.
1: That's right. So the Commons is just down the street. If you go to the Commons and you want to go to Cascade, you can uh, walk there. And even if you're not a walker, you can walk there. I mean, these are, they're really close to each other. And also on Belmont, on 6th and Belmont. I think yeah, so you're talking about uh, six short Portland blocks.
0: No, block. three, three blocks. Oh, <laughs> three blocks. <Yeah>. My math. <laughs> <laughs> I was told there would not be math. <laughs> uh, uh, so the common started as a little nano brewery
1: yeah, um in, in uh, Mike Wright's garage mm-hmm. and then it and then it he he expanded it uh, to a place close to their current location but um but it was too tiny, and they uh had lease issues, so then they bought a building uh which is just right across the Morrison bridge right so it's if you walk across the uh, if you walk across the bridge from downtown you you're right there. Um, and they do uh wonderful uh European style beers uh with a kind of a, a proclivity for Saisons mm-hmm. and beer de garde, kind of that farmhouse. The farmhouse thing. style, yeah. But they yeah. also um will do uh, you know, nice German style beers from time to time and mm-hmm. they have a really um classic German approach. The the brewer there, Sean Burke, is uh, German trained and he um he does he does subtlety really well, and I think the beers there are some of the best being brewed in in uh, in Portland. And I think one of the cool things about the Commons is it shows the range that Portland has. Yeah, um, we we now have the capacity to have these these smaller breweries that, that uh, have a big following, and mm-hmm. they can brew, you know, a thousand or two thousand barrels of beer.
0: Uh, with no problem,
1: without making an IPA, and you won't you will not find an IPA if you go to the
0: Commons. Right. Yeah. So you can you can go from the Cascade Barrel White Pie, start at the Commons, and then you can wander down the Cascade Barrel House and go from uh, a bunch of interesting farmhouse style beers to a bunch of super big sour fruited beers. Right. Um, the Commons makes one of my uh, favorite Portland beers, which is the Urban Farmhouse Ale. I that's yeah. What they call it, right? Uh, which is basically a saison. Yep. um really nice uh wonderful uh sort of take on on saison so it's definitely something worth the worth the walk across the bridge
1: it is and it's a cool thing they do uh, since it's their flagship um and it's a simple beer they serve it for right it's a buck cheaper and it used to be three dollars while their other beers were four dollars uh-huh. the, the prices may have gone up but they've given they give you a little incentive to go for their their cool flagship which is not, not many breweries do that kind of thing i think it's really a cool idea
0: yeah well that's a good price too because in the bottle it's pretty expensive so that's true yeah that's exactly right it was
1: really it's a big incentive to go to the brewery yeah so
0: yeah uh okay moving on actually is a place that you have been and i have not so i'll admit it right now um which is culmination so yeah. tell us about culmination
1: so culmination this is for those folks who want to come to Portland and they've heard about uh, uh Breakside and, and Cascade and Deschutes and many of our famous breweries and they're looking for what you know like a cool new brewery what's what's happening that's that's new and cool culmination is is what's happening that's new and cool um the brewer there uh Thomas Slider had worked for a long time in another Portland era brewery kind of a a mediocre uh west side brewery okay. that really inhibited his style and he he sat there for I think over a decade wanting (laughs) waiting for his his chance
0: to do his own thing
1: and he got his own brewery and he he has fairly diverse tastes but he is something like uh, the commons in the sense that he um, he appreciates European styles but um, he tilts a little bit more to wild ales than than they do at the commons the commons often use just regular yeasts they do do wild beers at the commons but um Mm -hmm. Uh, Culmination, for example, one of my favorite beers that they make is a uh, Brett primary fermented uh, IPA. Mm. So it's uh, it's got a lot, of, ton of fruit in it, very tropical and really well done. Um, Brett IPAs are kind of a thing that's made with this wild yeast, but when you brew, brew them with the primary, it doesn't taste so funky or, or right. weird. So he does that. He does saisons. Um, he usually has... Man after my own heart. He usually has one dark ale on, like a stout or a border, which is cool. He's one of the few breweries that still does that, so I give him props for that. Um, very accomplished brewer, and, you know, if he's got, like the last time I was there, he had a Vienna lager on, and it was mm-hmm. a great Vienna lager. He'll just sometimes follow his fancy, and you can usually trust his, his uh, ability to deliver that beer in, in really top quality. So I think if there's a, a number of Portlanders who haven't been there.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah it's one of the new ones so yeah so it's it's definitely so really many cool. new ones it's hard to get to all of them which is why I haven't been exactly uh, So a culmination brewing is on Northeast Oregon streets in the Northeast quadrant of Portland uh, 21st in Northeast Oregon
1: yeah it's not very far away but it's kind of a weird location so it's a little bit mm-hmm. hard to get to the other cool thing about culmination is they do uh, smoked meats and they have a really nice sandwich there that you can enjoy with your good uh, beer good so, beer
0: yeah. excellent uh okay now uh now sort of almost a legendary place in Portland um Deschutes's Portland outpost the Deschutes Brewery Portland Pub and one thing I'll say about the Deschutes Portland Pub is that it's it's a it's a real uh brewing facility Mm -hmm. um and uh they do a lot of uh their own beers um at the Portland Pub uh which are also exceptional but uh but I end up probably at Deschutes more than any other place um Primarily just because of the consistent quality of the food and the beer, um, but we're talking about beer, so particularly the beer. Right, uh, I'm nodding for yeah. the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so they have their they have their standard lineup on tap, but I almost never have that because they always have specialty or seasonal beers, um, and they're almost always phenomenal. Uh, they also have um, two casks, so almost uh, always two, two beers will be on cask, and they have a nitro tap, and so it's, it's great. And then the variety of beer, they'll, they'll do any kind. They'll do lagers, they'll do ales, they do English style, they do German style, they'll do Belgian style. Um, so <clears throat> it's a great place for variety, it's a great place for quality, and it's also a good place for food, and it's a nice location in the Pearl District in uh, uh, the north side of downtown.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, and the couple, three times I've been to Bend and the Bend Brewery, the Bend Pub, they do less interesting beers at their local pub than we do in Portland. So I think I if, agree. You, if you want to try cool one-off beers, the place actually actually go is Portland. So the beer is a little better even than it is in the flagship. Yeah, it
0: is a sizable brewery. I don't know if you know the the actual size of the Portland uh, facility, but it's a pretty decent size. So they, they brew quite a bit of beer.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It was a 10-barrel system, and if they've upgraded, I don't know about it. Yeah. Um, but it's great. You should go there. It's, uh, it's a big place. Uh, it's well run. Um, it gets a little noisy. Uh, always. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's always hopping. <laughs> it's um, it's more of, I, I suppose it has more of a restaurant vibe than a pub vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you linger too long, you start feeling like maybe you're taking up somebody's table. But uh uh, but it's great it's great food. I recommend by the way the the beer pretzel there it's something that I can't Resist every time I go. <laughs> nice. And the other one, last cool thing to mention about the shoots is if they've got one of their
1: big beers, their their uh, uh, the Dissident or the uh, Abyss or one of these beers that's a specialty beer, they will put it on tap. So if it's if it's the moment that that those beers are being released, and you go down there, you get to get the Abyss. Yeah. yeah. You can get it like a, a snifter of the Abyss, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't have to do that. They're probably losing money over the bottle price for that. Right. So. And if
0: it's not uh, on tap because it's just been released. But it's a while since you can still get it uh in the bottle there and they'll right. they'll, they'll they'll break break it out and serve it to you. So yep. okay, so the next <laughs> so switching gears entirely. Uh <laughs> the next brewery is Gigantic. Yeah. Our friends
1: uh Ben Love and, and Van Havig down in actually not so far from where we're podcasting today.
0: That's right. We've we've moved podcast location uh down to Southeast Portland, uh and we are actually quite close to the gigantic uh brewery. Um, I should mention, by the way, that Deschutes Brewery is 11th and Northwest 11th in Davis, um, essentially downtown Portland in the district called the Pearl District. Right. Um, yeah. Point. So gigantic. Uh, gigantic is a production brewery um, with a tiny little. Uh, champagne <laughs> a little tasting room
1: pub thing they call the champagne lounge uh, yeah the, the giga-
0: gigantic is run, run owned and run by two guys with uh, very good and ironic senses of humor and so um, they have something they call the champagne lounge it's a very bare bones although it's actually gotten a little you know they've been gussing it up and in fact I just mentioned to you as I drove by the other day uh, it has some, some umbrellas over the table tables out, out front uh, it's in this little industrial enclave um, near the the rail yards uh nearby my neighborhood in fact um and so the the neighborhood doesn't suggest that you're going to find a a cute little place to drink beer but actually um if you go look for it you'll find uh one of the most interesting sort of quirky but interesting breweries in town
1: yeah and and actually they've done a great job of catering to locals and that pub hops i mean oh yeah after work it's like totally packed and it's mostly local so it's got a cool vibe that way
0: i don't know the i don't know the the current the current hours but the in the past they've had limited hours like it was like three to nine or something like that. right yeah Um, so you have to be careful about when you go there there are some food carts outside so if you want food you can uh you can go there um you you know walk across the street and go to the food cart uh, and bring it back and eat um but otherwise basically what they have is some some of their really interesting beers they're interesting as a production brewery because they have essentially one standard which is their IPA yeah. and everything else is is one-offs yep they put in in the bottle um, beers they actually uh, do
1: re- they have a couple of beers that recur but um, for the most part they just release a bottle at a time and once that bottle is gone it's gone and they they do because they do it this way they do very diverse styles some some are not my favorites and some mm-hmm. are my favorites it's like a real mixed bag. Um, Yeah, I'll say they're not afraid to try almost anything. That's right, and they usually mess with style. Mm-hmm. If you're a style Nazi, this is not for you. <laughs> so these, guys, these guys like to horse around with different things. They're, they're both, um, Van Havig and, and Ben Love, both are, were, were long-time brewers elsewhere and spent a lot of time in the industry before they teamed up to start this. So they, they're they're like uh, people who use funny language. They're like James Joyce. They know how to use language, and so they can really mess with language. They right. know how to use beer style, so they can really mess with beer style.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, so I just looked up the, the hours of the of the tap room um and the champagne tap room and champagne lounge uh, on the weekends, they're, on, they're open from noon to ten on Saturday, noon to nine on Sunday. But during the week, they're limited. So Monday through Wednesday, three to nine, and Tuesday through Friday, two to ten. So That's, there you go. So keep that in mind. Uh, but it's worth—it's a little bit off the beaten track, but it's worth a—it's worth a journey.
1: Yeah, and it's—it's it's, if you go there, I think you'll get a good sense of Portland, and you'll go—you'll get to go to a place that—that that is not on the tourist path. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun place to go.
0: So it's on Southeast Twenty-sixth Avenue. It's uh, a few blocks south of Holgate. Uh, 5224 southeast,
1: 26. Yeah, it's, it's actually not hard to get to, but it's, it's just in a weird location.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, let's jump to Upright next. Yeah, exactly. That's um, a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us about Upright Brewing?
1: Upright Brewing is a little project uh, by a brewer named Alex Ganoum, who's still a young guy, even though this thing, I think, started uh, in 2009 or so. Um, and he is a really interesting figure. He He makes beer that he likes to drink uh, in, a, in his own kind of style, and he seems to be completely insensitive to the market realities. Mm-hmm. He had a, a beer event there where he was unveiling his uh, barrel-aged uh, barrel beers from his barrel program uh, for the media that he was gonna release throughout the year. Right. And at one point somebody asked him, so how how are you going to sell this? What do you, what do you call this beer? How is this going to you know what what's your what's your plan? And he just gave the guy uh, I, I think it might even have been John Foyston. He gave him a blank stare like I have no idea what those words mean, <laughs> <laughs> and it clearly had never occurred to him about how he's going to sell the beer. Yeah, um, he 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 has a, a standard lineup of beers that are kind of like saison uh, somewhere between saisons and maybe uh, Bavarian vice beers. Um, but then he also does this barrel program, which is spectacular mm-hmm. um he has a he 's a real uh, gifted um barrel age guy uh he works with wild yeast and bacteria in these barrels and produces and a lot of fruit uh, uses local fruit has good relationships with winemakers so he can get good wine barrels mm-hmm. and um uh local growers can get good fruit and the beers that he makes from this barrel program i think stand as a kind of uh standard for uh, the way you should do wild ales—they are right. full of character and, and flavor, but they're subtle and they're not—you uh, know—they don't have that intense, painful quality that some wild ales have. They're just yeah. incredibly elegant, wonderful beers.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're exceptional beers. The the facility's interesting. It's a little, I suppose it's slightly hard to find. Uh, the building's not. It's called the Left Bank Building. It's on the east side of the Broadway Bridge. Um, he's down in the basement. Yeah, his his brewery. So you got to kind of wander down there and. Uh, and hang out in the cars. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna think if you're as you're going down there, you're gonna think this is, there can't be a brewery down here, and yeah. it doesn't seem like there will be a brewery down there. But but there is. Yeah, one of the things I, we've mentioned in the past, or I've mentioned in the past, that I really like about craft beer is the expression of the the brewer him or herself. Uh, and there's probably no brewery in Portland that's more an expression of the personality and tastes of the brewer than than Upright. And yeah. um, it's really interesting to Uh, to try his beers yeah it is he he he
1: named it after the upright bass he's really into music and jazz and i think uh it's a perfect metaphor for the kind of approach he has it's improvisational elegant um unusual Mm -hmm. it's very much like uh trad jazz yeah he's a very very talented guy so Uh, he and and uh, they have even more limited hours so uh, we should probably look those up for you they're Kind of hard to find the tasting room.
0: Yeah, um, I, I I will look it up. But I should mention that what I'm using here is my my live guide. As we're potting, is um, the Oregon Craft Beer One Word dot org. It's the Oregon Craft Beer Alliance or Oregon uh, Craft Beer. It's
1: the Brewers Guild. Actually. Brewers Guild,
0: right? But, uh, um, they have a guide to to local beer So let's see, uh, tasting room hours: uh, Thursday five to nine, Friday four thirty to nine, Saturday one to eight, and Sunday one to six. That's so, it. Yeah, just four days, and and again, not late. Right. Okay, so now we got to switch to uh, essentially a, a, a double banger here that we're doing because um, uh, if you want good German beer, there's actually two good choices, and we couldn't decide, so we just we decided to do both.
1: Right, <clears throat> and they're both incredibly inconvenient. So <laughs> have this other downside. Uh, one is called Occidental, and it's oh, in St. John's. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say that one nice thing about. Both of these places is they take you a little bit farther afield in, in Portland to some interesting neighborhoods, so that 's true the St. John neighborhood is definitely one one to uh, one to visit it's it 's uh, different and quirky and fun
1: yeah and it, it, and it, and it uh, goes across a bridge that looks a little something like the golden Gate bridge it 's uh-huh. a, a wonderful suspension bridge that 's our most iconic bridge, right. and people don 't usually see it because it 's pretty far north, and you have to uh, drive up the river to see it um st john's is nearly where the willamette dumps into the columbia so it's it's pretty far up there north um and occidental is a production brewery that also has a tasting room that also has not great hours um and then if you want to go the exact opposite corner of the uh city there's a place called zeugel house which is uh in lentz neighborhood so that's uh down sort of far southeast yeah far southeast um and the brewer there, Alan Taylor, is a German trained brewer that we've I think probably yeah, we've, talked about. We've here. profiled a couple times in this pod. So yeah. um
0: mm-hmm. uh both places uh feature uh German beers um and both places are are excellent. By the way, I did look up the taproom hours uh for Occidental uh and they are limited also basically Wednesday through Friday in the late afternoon to early evening, uh four to nine. Uh, Saturday twelve to nine Sunday twelve to seven so there's a few of these places you have to uh, be careful about when you're when you're heading out, yeah <clears throat> Zoel is open much uh, much longer hours and features German food as well as beer right and
1: they're actually expanding their menu I know they're trying to respond to the the client's in interest there they're really trying to it's in this place that portland Portlanders used to call felony flats right um, not a nice part of town. Um, Like so many other places in Portland, it is revitalizing, and there's some cool, interesting stuff happening there. Mm -hmm. And um, the city of Portland actually helped uh, fund Zoicle House because they understood the value of having a pub out there because pubs are great for... Building community and yeah. and so this is a great pub and it's open many hours. I don't know how late it's open, but it's open every day. And yeah, it has sort of time. normal
0: normal hours. So, okay, so that is a lineup. Uh, if you're looking for really really good beer and interesting and different v- varieties of beer, that is a great uh, uh, place to start. So those, uh, however many, uh, what ten or so uh, breweries, um, brew pubs uh, represent some of the best Portland has to offer.
1: That's right, and there there are other beers other breweries that people would might say are in, in the top five or ten um, and uh, You know, but they would also include I, I don't think anybody would leave breakside or the Commons or Deschutes out of this list So right. there there's some consensus all-stars we're giving you here.
0: Okay So now we're gonna switch categories and we wanted to talk We wanted to think about So Portland's an interesting place kind of a quirky place uh, some people might see Portlandia and think uh, that when you think about Portland and uh, there's always a little bit truth behind the uh, uh, the stereotypes <laughs> and so there are some places that are sort of what we consider quintessential uh, Portland and we wanted to highlight those uh, for you as well so uh, the first place that we highlight is actually one of goodness knows a hundred maybe now outposts <laughs> of what has become an empire of the McMiniman brothers um, uh, this is the McMinnemans Kennedy school. Uh the McMinnemans were one of the earliest uh or maybe even the earliest in terms of brewpub.
1: No, uh although they helped they were involved yeah, the first brewpub. That's right. true. Yeah, yeah. They helped and they helped get the brewpub law passed in Oregon back in the early 80s. So yeah. I think uh like 85 or 6 when they were starting to yeah. brew.
0: So the McMinnan brothers have been um sort of in the pioneers in the, in the Oregon craft beer scene from the beginning um, and they have built uh, an amazing empire of uh, brew pubs but about when, when was the Kennedy School developed? In a, 15 years ago or something like that? Sure. So let's just go with that. Yeah. Uh, they started getting more and more into um, uh, finding sort of it, not just historic places but interesting historic places. So this was uh, a public school uh, primary school. Uh, pr- primary school that had closed down um, in a in a part of town that was um, a little bit disheveled, shall we say? Uh, and so they bought the whole building, and it had been sitting there for
1: years or decades
0: or yeah. something. And so they, this is a primary school building, so it's called the Kennedy School because that, that's the name of the place. And they and they refurbished the entire thing right. and turned it into a brew pub and a restaurant and a movie theater and a hotel with a soaking pool and, uh, and, and millions of these quirky little bars that you pop into and little quirky bars and little, and little corners. Um, and it's all done in, in, in what is sort of a common across all of their, uh, their pubs, sort of a, a funky vibe kind of, I don't know, old, ha- old half hippie, great. Yeah. well half grateful dead, artsy, funky. Um, so it's not really sort of, it's not hipster, it's no. it's a whole generation before that, um, uh, and it's really it's a really cool place, and it's become a real neighborhood gathering spot, and it's one of those places that we tend to take uh, visitors when they come to Portland to sort of show them something unique and interesting. Yeah,
1: they have, many of their places have kind of a Willy Wonka quality. They'll they have steampunk touches in yep. some places. They'll do a lot of exposed pipes, or even add a whole bunch of pipes, so you have like, this weird piping all over the place. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll walk into a room and it'll have like. 30 lights hanging from the ceiling right (laughs) uh so they do all this really cool stuff it's very very trippy and they and we chose the kennedy school but there are a number of these places and there's a few of them downtown yeah Um, it's worth stopping into a mcminimans um, to see what they did and see how uh important i think they were to the history of, of birvana here in portland we have a pub going uh culture here most of our breweries are not production breweries. They're mm-hmm. they started out as brew pubs or, or production breweries with a tap tap room. Like everybody, when you start a brewery here, you expect the public will want to come to your brewery. Yeah. And I think that all goes back to the Miniments. So it's worth it's worth if you're interested at all in how Birmana became Birmana, you should definitely stop into the Miniments.
0: Yeah, and they sort of set the standard for what a brew pub is sort of an open, airy, light filled family place um, that really broke the mold of the tavern culture right. that that preceded it. Um, so, uh, we, of, sh- we should also mention that the
1: food and beer is really average at best.
0: Yeah. So, so one thing, I guess, I guess, if you really want to sort of take a trip into the history of craft beer, then uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a
1: living museum,
0: a living museum. So the minimum's beer hasn't progressed that much, I think, um, yeah. and I think their beer has to be described, sadly, as a bit mediocre um i drank a lot of it in the late 80s because it was the best around um yeah. but that was a long time ago uh and i think it's also indicative of just how hard it is to manage such a huge empire of, of brew pubs that uh the quality of the food is often pretty poor um so just That's your caveat, Emptor. Uh, I would say it's definitely worth going to the Kennedy School, despite that fact. Um, You'll still get a decent meal and a decent beer, but it won't be great.
1: And and it'll blow your mind. It's really cool. I've taken people there, and they are always like, whoa. Yeah. This what this is. What is this? Yeah. So, I mean, I still
0: I still go back to these places. There's. Uh, I go all- there to watch movies. It's it's a fun place. It's yeah. a good venue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can you can look up the McMinimans on 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 the on the web and and see all of the different places. They're they're all over Portland as well. Yeah. But this is this is one in uh, Northeast Portland. Uh, another place. Uh, one of the early pioneers of craft beer is the uh, Hair of the Dog.
1: Yeah. This is this was the coolest. If you wanted, if you went back to 1995, mm-hmm. you know, what was the break side of 1995? It was Hair of the Dog. Yeah, they were the guys that were rocking it. Um, Alan Sprints, the brewer there, makes these crazy, very strong alcoholic beers that are brewed to no style at all. Right. And <laughs> um, and and that was a real uh, forward-thinking thing he was doing. You know, he he was at the at the time that he got started, people were still trying to figure out how to make a, a decent beer, and they were trying to brew to European standards that they didn't, in many cases, even understand. Right um and alan said screw that i'm just gonna brew these beers that i really love yeah Uh, and he so he makes um they tend to be very large beers uh so uh, adam is his was one of his first beers he made golden rose for a while after that it was a triple uh, Adam is sort of after Adam beer, which is an old defunct German style. But mm. really, it's uh, it's just, um, it's like, kind of, I, I called it in the beer Bible, which I put in the beer Bible, it's one of the best beers in the world. Um, I called it more like an old ale. Mm. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a <laughs> big, yeah, it's, big Categorization. it's big and dark and has a little smoky touch and it tastes old timey and it's wonderful. And yeah. then um, he has a beer called Fred, which he named after Fred Eckhart, which was kind of an early hoppy beer. Mm-hmm. I think that came out in about 96 and it it was very hoppy and very intense and very weird. Um, and I think helped move Oregon in the direction of hyper hoppy beers. So yeah. And people still really quite like that. It's kind of like a barley wine.
0: Yeah. Well, and he has a barley wine called Doggy Claws. But what I like about Doggy Claws is he'll do a second running beer, which is called uh, Little Dog. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you'll find that on tap. And we should mention that, Oh, uh, this is now, as you get older, it hard, it's harder and harder to tell time. But maybe between five and ten years ago, he, he, <laughs> he, got, a, he got a new location and developed a little, a nice, oh, oh, actually quite a lovely little brew pub um, uh, right at the end of the Morrison Bridge. Yeah, here. kind of under the Morrison Bridge. Under the Morrison Bridge. If, if like, you like walk you,
1: across the Morrison Bridge, you actually pass over it. You kind of have to. You have to get off early to get
0: get down there right it's technically on yam hill it's a bit ba- basically uh yam hill and uh and water right um uh in the sort of near the, the east side industrial uh just across the river from downtown portland um it's a lovely place great food great beer uh and historic yep very cool so uh next one <laughs> this is so this is uh, whenever, I, whenever someone comes to Portland and wants to know about and hasn't experienced the local beer culture and wants to know about local beer culture, there's one place I never fail to take them, uh, which is the Lucky Labrador.
1: Yeah, and they now <laughs> have a few outlets, and we, we always think of the one. I oh, yeah, there. I'm not You're,
0: talking about the other ones. I'm talking about the original Lucky Lab.
1: Yeah, and this is another Southeast Portland. A lot of the breweries we're talking about are in Southeast Portland. It's yeah. kind of a hub of, uh, of old brewing culture here.
0: And this one's near, by the way, this one's near the... the um, Cascade Barrel House and the Commons Brewery. Uh, it's and, Hair the <laughs> and Hair of the Dog. And Hair of the Dog, that's right. So it's an easy walk across all, for all of these ones yeah. uh, on Hawthorne Street. So uh, Lucky Lab was one of the early...
1: Yeah, it goes, I think it dates to 94 also. So mm-hmm. I think it's about the same vintage as Hair of the Dog. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it, a, it's a big warehouse that got converted, and, the, and they have this giant back patio, um, uh-huh. which probably seats at least 100
0: and as the name of the brewery suggests, the Lucky Labrador, uh, they welcome dogs on the back patio. And so if you go, it'll be a it'll be a person and dog fiesta back there.
1: That's right. Dogs are running around and uh, sitting on the benches, and uh, it's totally cool. And they
0: Everybody's... have water stations for the dogs, and it's just one of those places. Hard to pin down exactly. It's not the best beer. No,
1: it's, it's and also again, it's it's sort of like beer from an earlier time. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a little bit of a of a, of a throwback. Yeah. Uh, but it just has this vibe that's just so Portland to me. Yeah. Uh not not, you know, modern hipster Portland, but but what I recognize as, as Portland from my uh, from my long time here
1: if you visit in on a sunny day it's worth stopping by and having one pint with the dogs and uh, get yourself a bowl of peanuts and just sit there and enjoy yourself it's yeah. a nice place great yeah. vibe Har- hard not to appreciate it. it really has it doesn't it's not anything at all doesn't look anything at all like a, a German beer garden and yet it captures the vibe of sitting outside it's shaded it's got um, the it's covered so even on a hot day, um, it's a very pleasant place to stay. And it's really it feels like a community vibe. I One time I was at the Lucky Lab and I saw uh, a uh, an, a birthday party for eight-year-olds. So um, it's that kind of place. It's really yeah. a community hub.
0: Yeah, and very unpretentious. Yeah. And by, by the way, uh, I don't have a number of trucks rolling down my street. I think what uh, you're hearing in the background, if you're hearing this, which I am through my monitor headphones, so I imagine you are, is the dog of the pod having a snooze? Snoring. <laughs> so that's why that's the that's the cost of of doing the pot at my house he's had a rough day he's had a rough day yeah all right so now we're going to switch gears again and we're going to talk about some of the more historical places so if you really want to know about the beginnings of the craft beer scene in portland uh here's a few places to visit why don't you go ahead so
1: the oldest brewery, extant brewery, uh, in Portland now is the Bridgeport Brewery, mm-hmm. which is in uh, the Pearl District, which we've mentioned before. It's where uh, Deschutes is. And actually, the early—so the Pearl District is the most historic brewing region in the city. Um, not far from Bridgeport is the old Henry Weinhardt's building, which mm-hmm. stood there from the 18—I think 60s or 70s until it was closed in 1999. The mm-hmm. building is still there. The smokestack is still there. It's got this beautiful orange-colored brick. Yeah, um, and it's
0: called the Brewery Blocks. That's um, because the original brewery spanned what, like four four city blocks, right? I mean, that was the original brewery house, but the whole complex was, right. was four. So it was a big industrial brewery. Henry Weinhardt, still they still have the beer under that brand name. I think brewed out actually in, in full sale, right? Yeah, and then Bridgeport was not very far away,
1: and one of and then the two other breweries, so Bridgeport uh, Portland Brewing and uh, Weedmer Brothers, all started within a. Like two years of each other, and mm-hmm. they were all in the Old Pearl District. Right. So uh, that this was like the historic zone of yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 and so they started when the when uh, Henrys was still there. So all the all the breweries in Portland were in this easily walkable distance. in, yeah. in uh, what is what's now called the Pearl District.
0: Yeah, and just to give you a short little uh, lesson about the Pearl District, it was essentially an industrial warehouse district uh, just north of the downtown uh, proper. Uh, in Portland um, and it was called The Pearl because uh, a, a bunch of art galleries located there because of the cheap uh, uh, exhibition space they could find and so they call it The Pearl as in there's these gems inside these old ratty buildings uh, but has become now the sort of super trendy part of Portland most of those old warehouse buildings have been torn down and condo towers have been put up
1: it's like Little Manhattan now. and so
0: it's yeah it's the it's the trendy shopping restaurant district it's where shoot's uh, brew pub is um, and it and uh the um, bridgeport brewery remains uh in the pearl yeah
1: it's it's sadly been refinished um it used to be a really cool building with a lot of in, wood inside and they 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 uh, did an entire remodel about ten years ago and mm-hmm. made it um, steel and and very, sheet. very slick and modern yeah which is sad for those was, of us who adored the old <laughs> it was really sad because it, it went from having a ton of character to having basically no character yeah uh, it's worth if you're at all interested in Portland history it's worth walking in and having a pint um, and it, uh, it it dates to ninety eight to eighty four so it's one of the older breweries in the in the country yeah uh, so it, it's worth checking out for that um, across the river is the uh, new and large and by new, I mean the second uh, Weedmer brewery it 's actually twenty years old now, right, uh, and it is a pretty cool building um, if you 're at all interested in in seeing how big breweries can get uh, it is a one of these large breweries, the mm-hmm. Craft Brewers Alliance now uh, brews most of their beer at the, out of that facility. It probably has the capacity to brew a half a million barrels or something, right, so it is sort of the new Henry's Weinhar- henry 's henry weinhardt 's brewery it 's the big industrial brewery, yeah, uh, and it 's in a cool industrial area uh, on northeast Russell. Uh, And And they have a nice uh, uh, pub. They do. They have a great pub and just like uh, Deschutes they do a bunch of one-offs. I think they have 20 taps Mm -hmm. uh, and you'll find they, they let the brewers just brew their whatever they want Father Bliss, and I mean yeah. I, I've been in there when they had this terrible potato beer. <laughs> Somebody wanted to see what a potato beer would taste like, um, and it, it does not taste good. Uh, but you know, you when you when you let people have free reign, some experiments are going to fail, yeah. um, and it's cool to see a big brewery like that yeah. uh, horse around, and um, they have a nice brewery too if you want to take a brewery tour and see what a big brewery looks like. So okay. also pretty historic place.
0: That's right. The Henry's building still exists, and there is a big sort of. Uh, I don't know, glossy, glossy tap room inside It yeah. has a hundred and some odd beers on tap. If, um, if
1: you go to Powell's, which is our big bookstore, it's one of the biggest bookstores in the country, yeah. um, you walk two blocks down Burnside to west of Powell's and mm-hmm. you can see the building and it's worth
0: walking over there if you're yeah. interested in that. So. uh Next is actually uh, historic because of the the person involved, right. <laughs> um, but the uh, Ecliptic Brewery, which I think we mentioned recently in the pub, right?
1: We did. We talked about pod. John when we uh, when we tasted his uh, his pilsner when we did our pilsner
0: pod. Yeah. So John Harris is a legendary brewer in uh, Oregon and is sort of uh, almost the godfather because he started with the McMinimans at the Hillsdale Brew Pub when they first. Uh, or very soon uh, after they opened up the, the Hillsdale Brewpub, which I believe is the first ever uh, brew, that's right. the brew pub in Oregon. Um, they, so this
1: is eighty, I think eighty six, maybe eighty seven, but but I think eighty six yeah. he started.
0: Uh, actually, and and we know this because it was quite near the college we both attended. Uh, we both began attending in nineteen eighty six. So the right. Hillsdale Brewpub was our local, and so that's how we we were first introduced to the brew the craft beer scene and brew pub scene uh, right at its birth.
1: Yeah. So John went on to, uh, after he left McMenamins, he went to uh, Deschutes, where he f- where he brewed all the famous uh, flagship Deschutes brands that you know. And then he went to Full Sail, where he was for about 20 years before opening Ecliptic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to Ecliptic now, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's much more modern than, he, he doesn't only brew throwback styles. Right. But he is a, a kind of an old school brewer. Yeah. And it's like if you had a, an English Cascale guy. Uh, and you hired him to start a new brewery. He's not going to be brewing cucumber goses. You know, he's he's going to be brewing beers he knows, and yeah. and John Harris brews beers he knows. He actually John Harris does brew cucumber goses, but mostly he brews uh, <laughs> straight ahead
0: uh, American style beers, mm-hmm. and um, and he likes some hop. He likes him some He hot. likes he likes good old style IPA. So it's usually a good yeah. Beer.
1: And he likes dark beers, so you can get porter stout there. Yeah. Um, and it's worth. Uh, Going out there you'll often see him. He is a burly guy with a big beard and a ponytail Mm -hmm. He's almost I don't think I've ever seen him not wearing shorts So if a man (laughs) fitting this description walks through the pub, (laughs) that's John Harris and you should uh, uh, raise your pint
0: yeah, him. I mean his family tree must be humongous. He's um he's real, a real legend and a, and a great guy to boot. Yeah. Uh so Ecliptic is in uh on, on North Mississippi in the sort of now trendy North Mississippi district.
1: Yeah, if you go to if you go to the Widmer Brothers, um it's just up above the hill, on the hill up above uh the uh, Widmer Brothers. So it's they're actually if you want to do that, they're both
0: quite close to each yeah, other. Yeah, and you can get to the Widmer Brothers uh via the, the Max light That's rail, right. light rail train. You can jump off there and then just walk up the hill and yep. go to Ecliptic. Okay, and the last uh, stop in our history tour is the Horse Brass Pub. The Horse
1: Brass Pub, a really, really important institution in Portland. Don Younger founded this thing in the mid-'70s. And he was, you know, when you look at the, the, the way Portland became Portland, um, you had different factors. You had a lot of breweries. that That's important. But mm-hmm. you had this pub culture. Uh, uh, and you had people who were interested in good beer before there were breweries. So in the 19... 19- 70s this guy don younger founded the the horse brass which is this english style pub english oregon style pub right uh and he started bringing in the best beer he could find which included stuff like watney's red barrel mm-hmm. which if you talk to the english people they're horrified that that was but that's what we could, that's what he could get and he was a big champion of the early craft brewers yeah. and he was he brought those beers in and the horse brass looks basically the same it has looked So I don't know what it looked like in the 70s, but when I started going there in the (laughs) the 80s, it looked the same as it does today, Yeah. Uh, except for there's now a smoking ban, so you can actually see across the bar, which you could not do back in the day.
0: (laughs) You can breathe, freely. (laughs) So
1: it's got a little bit of an English vibe. It's got a little bit of a Portland dive bar vibe, and um, it also happens to have 50 taps, and they're really well selected, and so it's also one of the best beer bars in in the city. So if you want to go there and have a scotch egg and a couple of nice beers... um, It's it's good and and actually they even um, they kind of there's there's sort of like a, if, if, if they've got a historic tap list too so they have modern cool beers that you want but they also have like kind of classics from from yesteryear or so like Blind Pig is one they've always kept on mm-hmm. like the, the you know these, these beers that had their moment and now have gotten flushed away they right. still survive the the horse brass so it's a, it's actually a great place to go too.
0: yeah yeah it's uh, it's just got a great ambiance and vibe and uh, definitely worth the trip. And just really important as a trendsetter early on. Yeah. Um, Okay. uh, Next little category we have. We just thought we'd mention a couple of things we know that are on the horizon that are uh, coming to Portland soon.
1: Yeah, so... Trying to keep the pod relevant mm-hmm. even past, you know,
0: next year when that's you right. listening to this. Yeah, if you're listening to this in 2017, <laughs> uh, last year, right. <laughs> Wayfair opened. <laughs> yeah, so th- there's we, this the
1: Double Mountain connection we have here. So the yeah. Double Mountain is opening a new brewery in Portland, which is great because they're one of the best breweries uh, down the gorge. Uh, they're opening and, a new pub. A new pub here, yeah. A uh, pub.
0: In, in Portland in the Woodstock neighborhood. Their beer is really easy. It's near me, so I'm very excited. Yeah,
1: that's great. Their, their beer is really easy to get, but um, not all in one place, and not many handles of it. So that's going to be great. And then uh, an alumni, uh, Matt Swihart and and Charlie Devereaux founded Double Mountain. And then, and then Charlie, who was a uh, Portlander, finally got tired of driving out there. Out to the Hood River, yeah. Out to Hood River. So he came back to Portland, and he's been working for years on a project that's getting close to completion called Wayfarer. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be in that same area with Hair of the Dog and the Commons. Yep. Uh, and he is going to be brewing, again, European style beers. He mm-hmm. wants to have a kind of a beer hall thing. This place is gigantic. I was there recently. Yeah. It's a very cool space. Uh, and he wants to do, he's going to be focused especially on lagers. So that's going to be great. He's going to do um, classic German and Czech style lagers. Nice. And a lot of, he's, he's really focused on the food too. He wants to kind of replicate the European beer drinking experience where you go, you have a meal. You sit for a few hours drinking beer, Yeah. Uh, sessionable beers that are yes. really flavorful. So yeah. I think that's going to be my guess. Is knowing Charlie and and having watched this thing develop, uh, my guess is that's going to join pretty quickly the pantheon and must must see places, especially with this location being so near all these other places. Yeah, yeah, and I'm all about the logger these days. I'm
0: really excited. I know
1: it's really timely.
0: All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go through the other categories reasonably quickly, but we thought we'd mention a few other types of places. One is the Beer bar, so other places, not breweries, but bars, and where you can find a great and uh, carefully selected um, selection of beers. Right, there's 200 breweries in Portland, and if you
1: want to take or in Oregon, and if you want to go to a place and have some chance of tasting them from around the, s- the state, or, or even in portland you know so many different breweries yeah
0: so we'll start downtown downtown there's a place called bailey's tap room it's not a huge space but it's got a lot of beer yeah it's, it's it was one of the first beer bars in town and it's still one of the best um
1: it is super convenient if you're if you're staying downtown mm-hmm. no matter where you are downtown it is an easy walk from anywhere uh so you'd stop in there they have they, they move they only have 20 taps mm-hmm. uh, which means the beer is always fresh it's well tended um very well selected focused more on on oregon uh than than other places so it's good for that too yeah
0: so it's on broadway in downtown yeah uh a little farther afield on uh southeast stark street is um belmont station belmont station is both a great beer store but also has attached a uh a beer bar yeah also maybe
1: 20 taps um, they do imports a little bit more so you can sometimes find some decent imports there mm-hmm. uh, and they follow the trends of the nation so you will find things from you know like Russian River or places like that but then also yep. a lot of locals that are well selected yeah great tap list.
0: yeah and they're well known and so they'll get like you know Pliny the Elder and stuff sent up from exactly <laughs> yeah so it's a good place to find some stuff that it might be hard elsewhere. Uh, in North Portland, or it's not North, it's still Northeast Portland, uh, Cerro Vesa. It is North, because it's, it's right next to the freeway on off-ramp. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just North Portland is yes. uh, Cerro Vesa, which is a beer bar. Uh, it's got a great vibe. Um, especially if you are into the Packers. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: Patrick and I went to grad school in Wisconsin, as everyone knows, and uh, the, the, the founding owner is a Wisconsinite, and she has it festooned in packer memorabilia and it also just kind of has a midwest feel you know there's like
0: there was uh, one cans, there was so. one safe place in town to go and watch the rose bowl that was contested by the wisconsin badgers and the oregon ducks there was one safe place <laughs> to go if you wanted to root for the badgers and that was it so we went, we went
1: yeah. there <laughs> uh, but it, it does have, it's a, it's a very comfortable, it's a fairly small place. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want a sense of, uh, uh, you know, get, get outside the town, outside the city, it is right off the freeway. So if you have a car, it's really easy to get to. But um, if you don't, it's a little bit far out. Yeah. Uh, and they, again, great, great taps, well selected. They move the beer through, so it's always fresh. Yeah. Lines are great, all that.
0: And lastly, in southeast Portland, there is a beer bar called Apex. And Apex is actually, it's got a great and vast selection of beer, many taps. Um, it's kind of a small space inside, but it has a massive patio that is almost always hopping. Right. Um, so it's a it's a real scene there. Um, it doesn't have any food, but right next door is a nice little Mexican restaurant that you can grab a burrito and take it over to the patio. Um, and then and then right uh, caddy corner across from Apex is another uh, beer store slash uh, pub or tasting room uh, called Beermongers. And so the two together represent a nice little stop on your beer tour, right?
1: If you just wanted to spend an entire day drinking beer, you, I think I think Apex has fifty taps, and you the could mongers, drink all there,
0: and then you go get buy buy some take some some uh, uh, takeaway beer at the at the beer mongers. That's house. right. The beer mongers are your off license,
1: and then it, license. and then you add your burritos. The next day you'd be feeling great.
0: Yes, yeah, lovely. <laughs> So that's for the 20-somethings. Yes. That's <laughs> All of a sudden, that seems like a really bad idea. Let's yeah. not do that. Uh, I'm going to do the road trips last. Let's, let's switch to good food. So where to go if you want really good beer, but you also want really good food, something a little bit above the typical pub fare. Right. Uh, the first one is called Grain and Gristle. You know this. I don't.
1: Yeah, Grain and Gristle is um uh, I think it's it's my favorite beer and food place. Um it's actually run by or owned by Alex Gnome uh, jointly with a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. Uh they they own a uh a butcher shop somewhere mm-hmm. and so they 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 have a really nice blend of menu items, including this thing called the twofer. If you go in with somebody else uh, it's a real value, and they they prepare something different every day. It usually sells out pretty fast. And if I've sat there at the bar and watched people, and they just take call call after call, people are calling in. Hey, what's for the twofer today? <laughs> uh, and they give you a couple of beers and this thing, and it's like fifteen dollars for the whole thing. It's like it's, it's incredibly cheap. Um, nice, and it's really nice food. They 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 have a fairly small menu, but um, but it's but it's just really well selected food. A uh, fairly small tap list, maybe like eight taps. Um there'll be a couple of upright but but other other stuff, mostly local. Mm-hmm. Uh, really wonderful vibe, great place. I think it's the best from in my for my life, by my life it's the best place to get good beer and good food. Yeah. So uh, uh out in out northeast Portland again. Out in northeast Portland. Not not right downtown.
0: Okay. Um, there is a legendary restaurant in Portland called uh, Higgins, named after the, the chef, and he was a pioneer, really, of the farm-to-table movement in, in Portland. And his back, re- way back
1: in the 90s. Way back when, yeah. He,
0: he really uh, was one of the, um, the early adopters, and his restaurant remains one of Portland's finest. Yeah. But, uh, but he is also a, uh, uh, an avid craft beer fan, and always has a great uh, set of craft beer uh, taps, yeah, back in the 90s, he had a,
1: a, a list of, he had great taps and he also had a bottle list of something like 50 beers. And um, when you got, you know, you go to the menu, the wine menu is also a beer menu. And um, mm-hmm. he would, you know, the, the, the waiter waiters and waitresses always knew... Which dishes go with which uh, beers, and they could make um, suggestions. The first time I'd ever heard of a, a, a beer sommelier mm-hmm.
0: was at Higgins.
1: So yeah. they were, it was a real pioneer.
0: And he has a small little bar to attach the restaurant, too. So if you just want to go in and have a little bite and some beer or just some beer, uh, you can go there. Um, it was actually one of my, I went there uh, years ago, and they had a cat, they put um, Tricera hops, the double, the, the uh, Ninkazi double IPA uh, on cask whoa uh, exactly and, and but it was a real revelation huh. uh, it tasted quite a bit different to me and much softer um, than the sort of normal uh, CO2 version I thought Interesting. Um, and I've, I've, I that was one of my first introductions into serving sort of non-typical beers on the cask and how it could change the flavor profile So uh, Higgins is right downtown Higgins, Higgins is right downtown so if you're there to to. Um, I'm going to mention a uh, a gastropub that's really close to me in the Westmoreland uh, neighborhood um, called Relish. Uh, also a nice place um, uh, in the summer because they have a nice big patio now. A uh, good place for food and good place for beer. Uh, a few other places. Yeah, so one thing to, uh, to mention is um, there are a number
1: of places in Portland that will have like four taps mm-hmm. and great food and... Typically, these four taps will be really, really well-selected, so they'll have like one IPA, one Saison, um, and then a couple of seasonal selections that will really match the food. Um, it, it's amazing how much you can get out of four taps if they're well-selected. Well yeah. And we know uh, uh, place, places like Interurban, Little Bird, Ox, Ken's Pizza... Um, are are four places that I would throw out as as good examples of that, and mm-hmm. these are these are places that are famous for for their food, not their beer yeah. but um they do have great beer and I, you know sometimes you 're not in the mood to go have a burger at a at a brewery and it 's nice to go to a place where you can get a really nice pint of beer but also have some of but one of the things one of the reasons the reasons portland people come to portland is for the food right now we 're kind of on the leading edge of the
0: uh, the food movement in the united states yeah great great food to be had, and to be quite honest almost any local restaurant um, will have a pretty good selection of craft beer it's almost impossible not to find good craft beer in portland almost anywhere you go
1: yeah there are still the the very high end uh there's still fealty to wine so if you go for example uh little bird i think has way better i think it has way better beer i think le pigeon which is the the neighbor and owned by the same the same uh chef and it's the high-end one, and it's really geared towards wine, so yeah. you do still see that.
0: Well, and Oregon has a wonderful wine uh, region as well, so we make good wines as well as beer. Port- Portland definitely has the high-low thing with food, too. So we have some of
1: the best cart food, and then we have some really high-end stuff. So you, you have you have to, yeah, when you come to Portland and you're looking for good food, you, you look at all places. Yep,
0: yep. Okay. Uh, second to last category is just places for the ambiance. A few, a few noteworthy places here, including... Uh, the Hopworks Urban brewery on uh southeast powell um, this is a place that 's kind of uh interesting in its decor it's bike themed uh there are bike frames uh sort of hung from the ceiling um creating a sort of a lighting
1: yeah I think the owners' Father was an architect or something, maybe Is
0: yeah, something, something like that. I, so I pulled I pull that from the dim reaches of my mind. <laughs> Things are very suspect.
1: Uh, I got that in a box. It's
0: an organic brewery. It tries to be very uh, environmentally conscious. So their their uh, their upper parking lot has permeable pavers, and they use uh, they reuse old kegs as planters in front. So it's kind of it's kind of a cool place. It's got it's a very popular. It's got a real following. It's got good beer um interesting place it was an old bank right because there's a room where you can go in that's all concrete so the, the, the old vault i didn't you know that oh i thought i thought i would hang out with you there once there's i've the, never gotten into that that's the, the everybody wants to get in that room oh okay I've been in the, room. I've been in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you one wants to get locked into the room however that's true uh we already mentioned the lucky lab that's another place for for ambience i'm going to mention the green dragon uh Uh, brew pub which was an independent place it was uh, bought by the rogue uh, brewery Um, so now it is a rogue outlet but you'd hardly know it um, because quite to their credit they have um, a really vast uh, selection of beers there Um, only a subsection of those are rogue beers and some some of their uh, their own house beers because there is a brewery there um but what i uh why i'm mentioning it now is because they also have a really nice patio. It's in that same southeast <laughs> industrial district in which you'll find the Commons and the Cascade Barrel House and uh the Lucky Lab. Cascade is basically across the street there. It's very close to Cascade. Yeah. They have a really nice patio out back that's got nice shade trees and and uh um, a real nice vibe and yeah. it's a place I like to go in the summer yeah it's true uh, okay so let's then finally go to um, uh, day trips from from Portland we, we chose two places to go
1: yeah if you're coming to Portland and you have time uh, it's worth going to one of these two places uh, or, or both, b- or both. <laughs> um, and if you can spend a night and, and hang out in these places even better. Because f- for a couple of reasons, they're close, so it's easy to do, they have great beer, and also they're cool places on their own. Yeah. So uh, f- for all these reasons, it's worth, if you can do it. And basically nobody takes me up on this and you're really missing out. so yeah The northern
0: border of Portland and the northern border of Oregon is the Columbia River and so you can head east on the Columbia River or you can head west on the Columbia River. If you head east, you hit Hood River. Uh, on your way, you'll see uh, Multnomah Falls, which is a popular tourist uh, attraction, and lots of interesting things in the Columbia River Gorge. Yeah. Uh, and then you arrive in Hood River, which is a lovely town um, in the Columbia Gorge, at the base, the, the northern base of uh, Mount Hood. Yeah. Uh, and there... Uh, are a number of lovely breweries, including uh, Double Mountain, which we've mentioned before. Yeah, um, Full Sail is there. Yep, uh, the
1: flagship, the original Full Sail. The original
0: Full sale is there, and they now have a sort of a restaurant um, pub uh, at their production brewery. Um, double mountain has a very popular pub that they expanded uh quite a lot but still is uh, the demand far outstrips supply on a sunny weekend day they do wood-fired pizzas there which are really nice yes yeah good food uh freem is out there uh you can tell us about that because i haven't visited uh well we
1: we've talked about Freem quite a bit uh josh freem like the location then. yeah uh I'll just mention the beer though. We okay. have talked about that. He makes great beer. <laughs> um the location is out by the river. So uh, most of the town is on the um, there's I eighty four which which runs by the river, and most of the town is on the uh not the river side. On the south side, which is up up above, sort uh, of heading yeah. up, heading up the base of Mount Hood, yeah. If you go underneath the uh freeway you get to the river and there's this new development out over there and that's where freem is and okay. it's, it's got a pretty uh building and it's a nice place to visit mm mm-hmm and solera solera is so solera you have to go out to parkdale so this is a bit of a drive but it's worth it solera is this is a hot tip the cool i'm gonna say it (laughs) it's it's the coolest brewery in oregon
0: (laughs) and he is the he is the beer ambassador for travel oregon (laughs) so uh
1: partly because it overlooks mount hood So Uh on a clear day uh the you go out to the back of the brewery and they have all these tables there's a an an apple orchard just beyond the tables and you are looking at Mount Hood which is looming above you and Mount Hood is this
0: gorgeous, gorgeous Yeah, point of clarification though, can you really overlook a fourteen thousand foot mountain? It overlooks you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good call. <laughs> Thanks for that edit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looms above you like a okay. like a benevolent giant <laughs> I just want to get that clear <laughs>
1: um but then the brewery itself is is this wonderful uh l- treasure and i there's a lot of people uh, beer geeks in portland who have not made the trek out there including uh, me and, including you uh jason collar does this amazing work he is like alex ganum mm-hmm. uh, a real virtuoso working with uh, wild yeasts um he does uh spontaneous fermentation he uses a ton of fruit from The region, and this is a tiny little town, Parkdale, uh, south of Hood River, Mm -hmm. and he's converted all these guys who just live and work uh, around. It's a real working-class town. Yep. They drink, they drink his Berliner Weisse, his Saisons. Like they, I mean, they're, he's, you know, he's done, it's like one of this, this amazing treasure, and basically none of his beer ever leaves there.
0: <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Ted Sobel down in uh, Oak Ridge, Oregon, yeah. who's converted everybody into English Cascales. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> right. These real blue-collar guys, these sort of, you know, paps guys or uh, Bud guys are drinking uh, fresh English uh, Cascales. Anyway, uh So that is if you travel east uh, along the Columbia River, you end up in Hood River. Um, And then if you travel west along the Columbia River, actually you quickly sort of turn uh, more north than west. But you travel up to the mouth of Columbia River and you get to Astoria, Oregon, which is a very historic and lovely little town.
1: The oldest settlement west of the Rocky Mountains, I think. Yeah, uh, founded Uh, by John Jacob Astor uh, as a... Sort of, but he never actually went there. But by his by, by his, his fur traders, yes, by his
0: by his his wealth and reach, yes. <laughs> how shall we say, uh, yeah, as a fur trading output. just six Close. years
1: after, actually five years after Lewis and Clark got there. Yeah, so um, very early on, and um, it's a super historic old town, and it's not a beach town because it's at the mouth of the Columbia, right? Um, which means it it still has the intact quality of a real community, which yes. is cool, and they have two breweries there that are fantastic uh they both have great pubs too so they're wonderful to while away the hours uh Fort George which is the older of the two and it's mm-hmm. in the downtown area and then buoy, which is uh on the bay and outlook look, looks out over the river and yeah. you can just sit there and watch these freighters go by and and see the 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 cool truss bridge that they have there and it's like you just feel the sense of the the place it's yeah and in
0: fact it's on a it's on it's on a pier uh i think it's an old cannery in fact um and they have uh created it they've opened up a section of the floor and put a glass bottom on it and you can see the the, the seals um congregate on the on the piers below
1: they're actually sea lions or I sea lions
0: sorry excuse me yes uh which is pretty cool and yeah and if you're lucky like i was the last time i was there they put me I, I i lucked out the table right in front of the roll-up uh window that looks out onto the onto the river on a lovely day it's just a great place to while away the hours
1: yes uh, both uh, make great food uh Fort george is famous more for their hoppy beers yep. and uh Bowie makes wonderful
0: lagers. They make a dunkel and a hellas and a pilsner that A pilsner that rocks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Astoria, and it's a great way to beat the heat in the summer uh, because the coast, coastal Oregon becomes quite, uh, quite cool. Uh, the, the, the local weather, Portland is in the Willamette River Valley, it, 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 it heats up and creates an induction. The hot air rises and pulls, pulls the cool air uh, from the coast and so the coastal towns get nice and nice and cool so if you're looking for a, a way to beat the heat Astoria is a great place to go it's true and i think that basically wraps up our uh beer tour oh boy buoy was also on our ambience list but i just skipped over since we were going to mention it anyway it's a great place for ambience actually fort George is too yeah uh, they, I, they have a nice patio now in the back
1: the pubs of the gorge are great because we say the same about hood river
0: yeah um, great places so. yeah uh so uh that ends up our that wraps up our beer tour of, of Portland as we say it's not comprehensive there's plenty, there's lots of places we haven't mentioned uh You can make up your own tour as well uh the um, Oregon Brewers Guild uh, website has a great list um, and organized by region and location um, all the information you need. Uh, to create your own tour or you can just contact the beer ambassador the beer and yeah the beer ambassador of travel oregon he'll tell you where to go
1: i will i have to type <laughs> these emails out all the time and i type all the stuff out so actually I'll, I'll probably just put a link to this podcast that's much easier and if you have questions or comments or other recommendations you can send them to the underscore beer axe b-e-e-r-a-x at yahoo.com we'd love to hear from you um so this is a good opportunity to say you, you, if you come to portland you live in portland let us know
0: what you think all right so uh last thing is our uh mailbag and then our beer sherpa recommendation. so um we have one item from the mailbag but it's a juicy one so why don't you go ahead and read uh read us our mailbag entry
1: i will do that this one comes from kyle and it's really for patrick which is why i'm reading it um i'm incompetent to answer it um he asks he, he was riffing on this idea that uh breweries are generators of economic activity. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm curious, though, if you could discuss with this with Patrick uh, and talk about the role breweries play in a city in terms of its economic development. Do you think they really contribute something substantial to a city, especially in light of the context that f- James Fallows is thinking, i.e. post-industrial U.S. cities that are recovering from the recent financial crisis and generally just coping as manufacturing has been in decline? Is this an excessively endogenous question, you'll have to to describe what that means, Hmm. or could you reasonably posit a theoretical link between breweries
0: and uh, making it as a city? Uh, By excessively endogenous, he just means uh, what's the causal link there to breweries uh, spark economic growth, or does economic growth spark breweries? Uh, uh, Who knows? Um, So this is interesting. You know, uh, in Oregon, there are so many breweries now that it is not an insignificant part part of the economy. Right. Uh, I think you looked up the the number of employees that uh, are uh, estimated to be um, employed in, in in breweries in Oregon, and it was quite quite a, quite a few. Seventy four hundred, I think. Seventy four hundred or something like that. Um, so, I'll say that Oregon is an outlier, but. Uh, Craft beer in Oregon is, is, is a significant part uh, of the economy. Um, but I guess I have a couple of, of uh, uh, caveats with that. One is that I don't think that brewing or breweries is is kind of a catalyst industry that really kind of spark uh, a, an overall growth trend. Like uh, in Portland area, for example, we kind of are, uh, uh, have a cluster of um uh, athletic apparel sparked by Nike and Columbia sportswear, and right. uh, now the North American headquarters of Adidas is here, and Under Armour's locating here, uh, headquarters here, and, and the, um, the same effect from Wieden and Kennedy and advertising agency. Wieden Kennedy advertising. There's also a big uh, tech uh, sort of. Uh, uh, hub well two types one is the manufacturing that's sort of surrounding intel and, H- and hillsborough and the other is these little software companies that sort of have a cluster in downtown um, a little bit cheaper than silicon valley but not too far away is kind of my my take um what i think so so breweries can be a way i think in which economic activity can be generated and that's always a good thing um and certainly are. Uh, a way to get economic activity started without a huge capital investment to begin with. Um, And that's what's interesting about craft beer is they often start quite small and then grow. Um, So yeah I wouldn't discount it. Uh, What I think is really interesting and we've seen this in Portland because when we first uh, um, came to Portland full-time in 1986, uh, Portland was still very much a a blue-collar town, a timber town, and it had a lot of sort of old neighborhoods that are kind of run down. And as the as Portland has grown and become more prosperous, these neighborhoods have revitalized, and almost always there is some kind of pub or brew pub that has uh, started in some relatively cheaper neighborhood and kind of sparked a little neighborhood renaissance. I think they can really be sort of focal points for uh, for investment, and and the way it works sort of economically is that if you create a brew pub in a in a little uh, neighborhood business district. Um, that creates traffic in the neighborhood business district. Right. It has spillover effects to all these other local businesses. And so, quite quickly, you can create this sort of center of gravity uh, of economic activity that sparks other investment. Um, whether that's net investment or just redirecting investment from other parts of the city is a question. I think some of it's, I think there's a little of both going on there. But I do think that uh, they can be um, sort of uh, focal points for economic growth. And I think that's one of the interesting things about small breweries and brew pubs. Um, as far as production breweries, I'm a little less enthusiastic about what they do for overall economy for, you know, something of the scale of a statewide economy. But, uh, but certainly it can grow into an industry that's, that's quite significant and it has in Portland. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. And by the way, the, um, uh, the McMinniman, uh, brewpub empire that we've mentioned before, uh, was sort of. Went hand in hand because they would often go into to other parts of the town and find these old, rundown buildings and revitalize them. And uh, you can credit the mcminimans I think, for sort of sparking revitalization in a bunch of different areas and also other other towns as they've moved outside of Portland. So, right. Um, so I guess that's what I would say about uh, uh, about beer and, and and economic development. I suppose there's also a, a psychic effect. I'm an economist, so I don't tend to talk about psychology too much, but. Um, But this kind of sort of successful little brewery creates this sort of warm glow or a positive uh, feeling about an area perhaps as well that can help uh, economic investment too. Cool. Well, there you go. Yeah. I have nothing to add. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I have spoken. Yes. (laughs) All right so uh, last thing uh, is our uh, beer sherpa recommendations uh, for the week We're gonna stick with the local theme and talk about a couple of uh, local beers that um, you might have a hard time finding elsewhere but as you do your beer tour of Portland you can you can seek out
1: Yep. Do you so want to
0: go ahead? I'll start? I'll
1: start. Okay. Uh, there's a brewery called Old Town Brewing, um, which the, the, it's now growth of Old Town Pizza, Pizza. Yeah. which is a very cool building in, in Old Town, which is kind of in between the Pearl and downtown or sort of by the river. In between
0: the Pearl and the river, just north of downtown. Yeah. There you go.
1: Um, and the brewery's is not there. The brewery's out on MLK mm-hmm. uh, and it's actually not a bad place to go either. Uh, and they make really a uh, solid line of, of beer uh and while he was there Bolt minister brewed this wonderful kolsch which went on to win uh some awards and i think it's a spectacular beer it's one mm-hmm. of the best uh, uh easy drinking beers in the city um it's a little bit hard to find you might actually have to go to the brewery but if you but it's or, something
0: or, or the pizza place or the pizza place but
1: it's something to keep your eyes out open for um old town kolsch great yeah. beer yeah
0: and old town pizza is worth a trip just for the building it's it's in the the oldest part of portland and it's a cool little yeah, it's got weird little rooms. Cool little place and it's near the, and crannies. near the Shanghai tunnels, which you yeah. can find out about if you come. <laughs> <laughs> and there are there are Shanghai tunnels underneath the old town pizza. I've been down there. Exactly, that's my point, yeah. yeah. Uh okay, so uh my recommendation is actually a place we've already mentioned. Um here the dog uh, uh Allen Sprints long ago brewed a big IPA called Blue Dot. Um maybe one of the one of the early progenitors of all of the Big IPA, big hoppy IPAs that, that, that came. Uh, one of the things that strikes me about Blue Dot, though, is it has really stood up to the test of time. Um, it was sort of, t- it's, it's uh, I don't think of IPAs as timeless. I think that they're constantly evolving, and the IPAs right. I like now are not the ones that I liked ten years ago. Uh, but Blue Dot's probably the exception. It's just a it's a it's a remarkably wonderful beer. It's hard to find sometimes. Um, your best bet is to go to the Hair of the Dog, uh, brew pub, and mm-hmm. and get it on tap there. And even then, sometimes it's out. But um, but over the summer, he should have it on tap, and and I highly recommend it. Yeah. I agree.
1: I have nothing to add. It's a good, it's a good, <laughs> Once again. Solid, solid, solid suggestion.
0: Okay, so well, I hope you enjoyed our, our tour of Portland. I hope you'll make it to Portland, and if you do, send us a line, let us know. Uh, if you want any more recommendations, you can talk to the beer ambassador. You can also talk to Patrick. He knows his stuff. I almost swore there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to tick the box in iTunes. Know. Don't do that. I, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a family podcast. As he keeps
1: mentioning, we've been in the city for 30 years, which is dates us but um yeah he knows a, uh, he knows his way around the the beer scene
0: yeah actually i started coming in 1981 so mm-hmm. Been around too long. Yeah. Uh, I was around when, you, when the big log rafts used to float down through downtown. So. Oh, actually, they were still there when yeah, we Yeah, they were there when we we came, but yeah. that's one of the things I miss. I know, uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, if you want to be in touch, this is how you do it. Uh, you can find Jeff at his blog at Birvana or All About Beer. He tweets at Birvana, and as he mentioned, uh, the email um, that you can use to contact him or I is uh or me him or me thank you uh <laughs> is the underscore beer at yahoo.com uh uh or visit the beer blog facebook page and patrick is
1: available via uh his blog beeronomics or you can find him tweeting at at beeronomics that's and right if you want to email him your sol because he does not do email apparently i guess i'm the i'm the contact there
0: yeah you're the contact uh Uniquely, in our pantheon of pods, uh, this is the one in which we didn't try any beer. That's partly to atone for our last pod, in which all we did was try beer. <laughs> but it occurs to me right. now, at this very moment, that we have nothing to go out with. We can't cheer, so we'll just have to say uh, happy travels, uh, and uh, hope to see you soon in Portland. All right, Patrick, and we'll see you next time. I'll still say cheers, then. Cheers.